Hello and welcome to the Research Ops podcast, an initiative of the Research Ops community. I'm your host for today, Bridgette Metzler. I'm one of the co-chairs of this huge global volunteer-run community. As always, I'm assuming if you're listening, then you might know a little bit about Research Ops, the mechanisms and processes that set user research in motion. If you'd like to know more about Research Ops, you can find us at our website, researchops.community, or on our medium publications in English, French, German, and Portuguese. You can follow us at Team Reops on Twitter, find the group on LinkedIn, and join in the conversation at hashtag researchops. We're recording a special series of the Research Ops podcast in preparation for the Reops Conf 2022 a partnership between learners and the Research Ops community. The conference is on in New York City on Wednesday, June 8th. It's not far away. So today we'll be speaking with one half of the brilliant Community Tools Census Project, Andy Garber-Brown. We'll catch up with the fabulous Dr. Carolyn Morgan for a chat at the conference, or we hope to invite Carol along to the podcast once this huge project is launched. Andy and Caro will be speaking about the Tool Census Project at ReopsConf, where they'll be launching our brand new Reops Toolbox. So who is Andy Garber-Brown? Andy is a Vice President and Design Operations Program Manager in JP Morgan Chase & Co's Global Technology Department. He supports an employee experience organization and works hard to make a few hundred designers and researchers' lives better. Over the past 10 years, he has worked for the firm's corporate and investment bank and the corporate line of business in creative roles. He has a passion for interaction design, user experience research, and web development. A former US Army captain, he likes to say that he brings good order and discipline to the field of design. Also speaking at the conference will be Dr. Carolyn Morgan. Carolyn is a political scientist turned UX researcher who is obsessed with systems and processes. Currently, she uses those skills at Cisco, where she's working on malware protection software and helping security practitioners protect our computers and networks. Prior to that, Carolyn drew from her academic experiences, both as a researcher and scholar, to lead UX research projects at OCLC, a global library cooperative responsible for WorldCat and publishing the Dewey Decimal System. I just can't even believe that. It's, uh, it's so nerdy and so brilliant and so perfectly Carolyn. She can't wait to share the results of the 2022 REOPS Tools Census and introduce the plans REOPS has for future toolbox work. Let's turn now to Andy. Okay, and so today, as I said, uh, we have the wonderful Andy Garber-Brown here with us and welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're, we're really excited to, to see you and to hear you. Um, obviously, unfortunately, um, Carolyn Morgan's not able to be here today, but um, 
you know, I, I've been following along with your project uh, in the project channel for so long and just it's a beautiful thing seeing how wonderfully well you work together and, and how you sort of bounce off each other. So I'm looking forward to kind of digging into that today. Um, so I guess to get started, um, Andy, do you want to tell me a little bit about what's your, you know, we're, we're talking about tools today. So what's your, what's your backstory? Like what's the, what's your thing with tools? Do you have a thing with tools? <laughs> yeah, the, I've always kind of thought that, um, you know, we don't scale good design by just like adding more people. And I know that mm -hmm. like really good tools and practices can, you know, make our design process so much more, so much more better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And um, I don't know. Um, so tell me about your role uh, that you have uh, at JP Morgan Chase. Are you responsible for taking care of the tools side of things there um, at work? When I started working in uh, design operations, perhaps mm -hmm. like a year and a half, uh, two years ago, it was a special project of mine. Yeah. And like I've come to find out like many members of the uh, research ops community that um, you have to go like on a hunt tool for tools, go on yeah. a tools finding project yeah. and, not, and uh, not much information out there to support our needs. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky, right? It always um, astounds me that we don't sort of just have the same kind of processes and approaches that we have to all kinds of user-centered things like why do we not go and find the user needs and then do all the analysis and then yeah it's it's a thing right so yeah so tell me um so we have a we have a toolbox obviously in the research ops community it was one of the first things we had actually because um Kate Towsey who founded the the community had been working on her own toolbox so she obviously had the same problem and you know we know that tools is one of the most popular channels in the entire research ops community. So tell me, what was your experience of using that toolbox when you, when you came along to the community and found the toolbox? Yeah, it, was the, it was the first thing that I came and joined the community for at the recommendation of a colleague. And um, when I first found the toolbox, I was kind of overwhelmed and super impressed. You know, it's kind of like dazzled by sheer number of tools out there. As we know, the vendors in this space have been innovating so fast in the yeah. past couple of years and the tools are just coming and the capabilities are increasing so fast. Mm. But then really quickly, you know, we found um, that it was too voluminous and uh, perhaps it was really tough to maintain. Um, and so quickly I had to find out that it wasn't particularly useful just because it had been aging as things do. Mm -hmm. And so I had to try to find, try to find some other sources of information and the stuff that we really needed, mm -hmm. you know, particularly working in a large corporate like I do and like many other people working in regulated environments need a lot of other information yeah, about right. what, what can work. Yeah. So what are the, what are the, the key kind of pain points that you see um, when, when, when you're going and looking for tools, if you're working for a, like a bank or regulated kind of industry, or, you know, like I work in government, what are the, what are, what are the pain points that, 
that you're seeing there? Yes. A lot of um, tools out there might be really good for one type of uh, segment, you know, or a certain kind of uh, certain kind of industry or certain kind of country or countries that you work in. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously there's um, a lot of information. Just take the chat with the research ops community. Really mm -hmm. good information would just fall away into chat history. Yeah. You know, and there's no curation involved. There's clusters like so much untapped expertise yeah. in this amazing research ops community. And you're just like, oh, like we need a robot to grab that stuff. <laughs> Don't and, we just. Uh, we did. And so like, like, let's make a robot. And then there's a... Uh, Are you our robot, Andy? A, a little bit. <laughs> I, get I get accused of my spouse sometimes of like kind of speaking mechanically. Uh, so I'm, no. I'm working on, I'm working on that. <laughs> So I have, um, I'll try not to jump the gun too much because you've got your beautiful project and, and I don't mean to infer that you're a robot in any way, shape or form, but I know that you've been thinking really hard about how do we, um, you know, how do we make sure that it stays up to date and, uh, and all of that sort of stuff. And so I really want to kind of dig into that a little bit with you, but um, so it's been a huge research project. I, I watched, uh, you know, Caro go through that whole process of the research design and it was just phenomenal. Do you want to kind of talk me through in Carrie's absence to tell me sort of what do you think, uh, what were her primary things that she was trying to draw out of that research and, and trying to understand and grapple with? Yeah, you know, um, I think there's something I want to bring along here is a kind of an unexpected benefit of being involved in this project and the community was, you know, I come from a UX design background and Carol comes with a super strong academic research background and put mm -hmm. the two of us together and it gets really interesting. Like I, got, we got a lot of um, therapy when we would meet <laughs> every week for a year, we would teach each other so many things. Amazing. And um, so I've been, kind of been on my journey to learn more research practices uh -huh. And um, I got to see an expert at work in Carol, yeah. you know, so yeah. the way um, often I would kind of start writing a research plan and then she would take it and take it up to uh, level 11, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, when it came to writing a discussion guide, or it was really interesting the way that she kind of um, recommended that we do the right things, you know, we mm -hmm. all know a good user-centered design practices, but she, uh, she said, let's do concept testing. Uh -huh. Let's, uh, let's yeah. actually talk to the users. And it's like, duh, that makes sense. <laughs> let's, uh, let's do some interviews, you know, and let's, let's do it at, at earliest phases of the project as possible. Mm -hmm. And the two of us kind of encouraged to keep going with that idea. So that's mm -hmm. mainly what I, that's, that's kind of the most kind of unexpected, awesome takeaway of this project. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm positive that she would say the same. It's, it's, you know, obviously this has been sort of sponsored by Holly and so I've just been sitting along the sidelines the whole time just um, uh, admiring the two of you and admiring both of your practices and the ways that you've been working together. And uh, just, yeah, I, I would agree that it, 
it has just been um, beautiful to see that research design and that rigor and just the way that even just the, the documentation of the project and how you've gone through it and all of those sorts of things has really actually, I think, leveled up the community as well in terms of our um, project practice. And, you know, I know that's not gonna, um, not very exciting for our listeners, but it's very exciting uh, for a community, I think, to, um, uh, and I guess what it reflects on in the end is that, so in June, you're gonna be speaking at the Research Ops Conference and, and you'll be unveiling this beautiful tool with some beautiful visual visual design in there that I, I can't wait to talk to you about in a sec. Um, but uh, what we'll know as a community is that it's a project that is just 100% produced with absolute rigor the whole way through, and it's um, I'm just so excited about about it's that. Made, yeah. 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 So it's made it has, by, by it's made by us for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And has there been, you know, I think um, you mentioned there are hundreds of tools, right? And the communities, uh, obviously, we try to be as um, tool agnostic as possible. Tell me about that. Was it hard uh, to go through that process and and to, you know, because obviously you have to use tools to be able to <laughs> do your research process. How's it, how's it been to sort of has that been at all weird? Um, it, just, just kind of, uh, kind of eye opening because mm-hmm. we had to take a little bit of our own medicine, and and you know, it's it's again realizing, hey, let's do this the right, let's let's uh, let's do a little design on ourselves, yeah. and talk to each other before we select a tool, have mm-hmm. reasons, mm-hmm. and there's the community itself has already certain tools that it's selected and it's better to all use the same tool Mm -hmm. than to go for the latest new shiny one yeah you know yeah and so I can tell you that um, one thing that's kind of been core to us is like a digital whiteboarding has been really important for getting ideas out about the tool project really fast yeah and gosh my absolute favorite is just starting with um, a, a google doc you know, yeah. and just just get writing. And so that's been our main me- means of collaboration mm-hmm. with that multi-cursor, multiplayer experience has yeah. kind of been amazing to watch people who like yourself or Holly or Carol are really good at it is actually collaboratively writing mm-hmm. um, either like in person on the Zoomies or, mm-hmm. um, you know, asynchronously too. watch just kind of something that started out so raw just suddenly become um really well thought out and structured yeah it's amazing to watch isn't it so um so we've kind of covered some uh, some pain points um obviously trying to work out what works in my scenario um what were some of the other other uh, kinds of pain points or the kinds of things that you were trying to surface in that in in how you structure the the toolbox what are different ways that people might um uh just give maybe a hint about <laughs> what what sorts of things the toolbox might contain maybe um any ideas yeah well the one really fascinating thing is how much we learned from um the user interviews and concept testing that we did and found these quick little wins and stuff that was so easy to do so you know at times we were sure we had to go for a super minimum viable product mm-hmm. 
but then kept hearing over and over again how amazing it would be to have a web interface with filtering wow. to be able to click on uh, the type of company or industry that you're involved in and watch all the rest of uh, kind of the readout uh -huh. of tools that fit immediately reveal themselves to allow you to do a little bit of um, visualization of the data mm -hmm. right in front of you to mm -hmm. get people excited about this uh, data set that yeah. um, Carol and I have created. And then the, one of the real exciting thing is, and we found this from the interviews too, that we even have some members of our community who would skip the website entirely and immediately just download the data and run. And so we wanted uh -huh. to give them that capability too, Ooh. so that um, the data nerds, you know, like us, could just take the data and put it in their own spreadsheet and yep. you know do all that themselves. Yeah. We're, and we're really looking forward to um, some of our community members um, finding out new things in the data analysis that yeah. we can fold back into the project. Yeah, that has been one of the, the beautiful things I know, uh, for example, with the research skills framework, a couple of the community members have taken that and kind of mm. gone, what about if we did this? And what about if we did mm -hmm. that? And let's augment this tool. So should we talk about data visualization? And it's been, we had a lovely conversation about Sankey diagrams the other day. Oh, um, yes, <laughs> going deep, yeah. We did, we did. Um, so tell me about, have you got any uh, any particular favorites or um, tell me about the data views because I know you've been really getting into that. Yeah. It must have been way, must have been way back, uh, you know, like eight, 10 years ago, I took a course at the School of Visual Arts, a little continuing education in uh, data visualization. And I always loved it so much. It's magic, you know, we all look at, love looking at these books. And um, so I developed some of these skills, but um, you know, uh, nobody ever had a, a need for it. It's pretty advanced stuff. You know, it's not a skill you get to pull out yeah. very often because somebody might not be buying it. You know, we shouldn't yeah. do things that, um, you know, if nobody needs it, you know, yeah. solving a problem, it is a problem people have because when you communicate visually, you influence people so powerfully. Yeah, you know? yeah. But to your question, I, I wanted to say that uh, the one thing that I learned is, you know, we don't get fancy with data, data visualizations for um, just the sake of doing it. And so one of my first steps is to do a, uh, I call it like a scrapbook, you mm -hmm. know, you know, the, the fancy term for it is like um, comparable problem analysis and bring in a bunch of mood boards of great data visualizations and other people have solved some problems mm -hmm. on a big canvas and then honestly pick the pick kind of charts and graphs that will most clearly communicate um what's going on yeah you know so we're, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of bar charts but that's just <laughs> because it is the most effective way of yeah. um visualizing this particular data and then when when we have a chance to get a little bit of sizzle and that's when we talk about that like i like to call it an alluvial diagram you know just just something to break up the um the repetition mm -hmm. to put it put a little sparkle in to capture people's attention you know the alluvial diagram is comes from um kind of small rivers that flow off glaciers 
uh-huh. tiny little rivers that split yeah. are split by the land and then combine again. So it allows us to see how data f- flows through our different uh, segments. So keep an eye out for that. We're checking it out. Yeah. So are you expecting that? Um, you know, I think one of the interesting things about the community has been just the variability, how people kind of take a tool because they can use it and then and then just try to get it to do something it wasn't built to do. <laughs> and so you get these weird uses of, of, of tools. Are you seeing that much in the, in the data? Are there, are there people doing all kinds of weird and wonderful things that we should all know about? <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's a lot of data to analyze, so I don't have any like really fun examples just yet. But we'll um, save that for the conference. Yeah, yeah, I'll <laughs> save that for the conference. But it it was the uh, the wide the wide variety, and I was just amazed at both. Like you can kind of see it in the data, and you could definitely feel it in the interviews. Was just how amazingly brilliant our community is, you know. Um, a lot of people have to make do with um, a lot less tools than yeah. we would hope, yeah. you know, so they are, they are doing super professional practices and they are trying to bring all their best to, you know, with, uh, with limited resources. Mm. So what you'll find is people are using kind of uh, unexpected things to do really, really great work. Awesome. And are we going to be um, able to see any of those, uh, the results from the interviews in any detail at all, do you think, on the on the site eventually? Or will it be a tool tool, like a toolbox where we can download the data and filter the data and all that sort of stuff? In the site, we're hoping for a little bit of uh, editorial uh, yeah. mm-hmm. in color, just small, small little snippets to kind of uh, get people excited about connecting some insights and then we're kind of really hoping that the community can help um, think about the next versions mm-hmm. of this toolbox yeah you know because this this will be the most basic version we'll be able to pick out a couple really interesting things that the data is telling us yeah. but we're really need the help of the community to find out even more mm-hmm. about um, what connecting sources of information about the way people are working yeah yeah and what's been your favorite part about um doing the project in the community so far do you think the sort of the freedom or the I don't know, my my, my 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 favorite part has been a little bit of upskilling um mm-hmm. very early on um I did this donut round in the in the community chat and got to got to meet so many of the board members and it was Mark and I got to meet him in one of these donut rounds and ask him personally about upskilling myself. I wanted to include more research into my personal practice. And um, through this project, I've kind of got to do that. So it's been really exciting. I got to be taking notes for Caro during a bunch of these um, interviews and concept tests. And I got to learn some new methods myself where I probably would have been taking notes in you know a note-taking tool or in a Google Doc or something like that she recommended that we layer the notes right on top of the designs and um you know and I I hadn't done that before but once we did I was like wow this this is like magic you know like really putting 
the insights contextually right on top of the um, mock-ups and wireframes that we had done. Right. Oh, and fascinating. So, so I, got, I got to learn about new methodologies mm -hmm. and, you know, I can go on and on to say, talk about how I learned about good data governance. It's like, <laughs> wow, if I ever need a template for good data governance, you know, the research ops community has all the templates. We do, sorry. <laughs> Subjected <laughs> you to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was exciting to see. Hey, if this were done right, what would it look like? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. There's so the, I, I expected about 10% of what was how it was actually went into a good data governance strategy. But hey, yeah. there there it is. Now it's done and I know what good looks like. Oh, that, that's, oh, oh, I'm very flattered. Thank you for that. But I, you know, um, I think we were saying earlier to each other, um, one of the great things about the community is that, you know, you're not being paid. So you do have the, you can do as much or as little as, as kind of as you want to. And, and because you can, you can suddenly kind of go, well, what, what would I do? What, what, what does good look like? Or, what does this data visualization look like and when could I use it? And uh, has that been, has that been sort of uh, a little bit of um, liberation there for you as well in the same way? Yeah. And then particularly because we didn't pressure ourselves during this weird pandemic um, to, yeah. you know, we gave ourselves the time and space that we needed. And when one of us might've been feeling kind of uh stressed out, um, particularly all of a sudden there would pop up Carol again, excited about the project and we <laughs> would kind of lift, we would lift each other up. So I yeah. thought it was like really amazing. And, and that way our personalities really worked out together and it, we just kept pushing, you know, just because, um, keeping work, keeping working on it is going to, is going to be the recipe for success. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it just sounds really exciting. Um, I cannot wait to see you um, in New York City. Uh, it feels, it feels, uh, it's been a, a long four years uh, to, you know, we've sort of all been so spread far and wide and then we had the pandemic and it just has been uh, not really possible for anyone to, to get together much. So really excited to see you and Caro speak at uh, the Research Ops Conference, which is on Wednesday, the 8th of June. So not very far away, folks, we hope to see you there. If you can't make it in person, we do have, it's a hybrid conference, you can pick up a ticket anytime. But uh, yeah, we're really hoping to, to see you all there. Uh, and will we actually see the toolbox in action on the Wednesday? Yes, if, if everything if everything goes well, mm -hmm. um, the, the data will be flowing. Beautiful. I cannot wait to see it. Thank you so much for your time, Andy. And thank you for the contribution to the community. It's going to be, I think, one of the um, most astounding things that, that we've produced so far, because I tell you what, who hasn't had a problem with finding a right tool, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there so anything else that you me. wanted to um, to say or anything to wrap up? Oh, gosh, I just want to say it's been a pleasure being part of this community and in particular for a community of such experts. It's been amazing to be welcomed as a newcomer to the, uh, the field. 
and support yeah. for people who are at the beginning of their journey and people who can have a home with like deep levels of expertise. So I've just kind of been wild and I've been taking super notes for like, how do you guys do it? You know, so <laughs> that's what, that's why I'm continuing. So excited to continue to be here for years to come. Uh, yeah, likewise. I think, you know, we just all embrace it with a, a learning spirit. We're all here to learn. And, and that means everyone's basically, we're all there at the same table learning together. So thank you so much for your time, Andy. Uh, we will see you soon. And that's the end of today's podcast. Don't forget, you can find tickets to the ReUpsConf 2022 at reupsconf2022.joinliners.com. It's on Wednesday, June 8th, in person in New York City or online. You can see Holly, myself, most of the Research Ops board, our speakers, and of course, others in the community at the conference. We're so looking forward to seeing you all there. And we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to hear more, please subscribe or join us in the Research Ops community. If there's someone you'd like us to talk to, please let us know. We hope you'll join us next time at the Research Ups podcast. We'll see you, see you soon in the Slack. <laughs>